Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. I grew up in the church, my wife and I did, and um, I I grew up in one particular church for 23, 22 years. Uh, And then when we went into ministry, Back in 1999, we pastored one church. So our whole life, we had only been in two churches, the one we grew up in and then the one we pastored. And uh, I was an associate pastor for about four years. And then at 27 years old, I became the lead pastor. And I stayed as lead pastor for about 12 years, almost 13 And it was seven years ago next month that we felt led out of our church to go into district ministry, and I'll tell you why. We were getting to a place in our church where um, I I was getting a little tired of ordinary religious church. Maybe some of you feel that way. Not necessarily about here, but just in general. And all my life, I grew up in Pentecostal church where we spoke about the things of God a certain way. We sang about the things of God a certain way. And with the older saints, I I heard a lot about what God did. And I got tired of hearing about what God did. I wanted to be part of what God is doing. I celebrate what God did. I honor what God did. I'm grateful for the legacy of what God did. But God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. So, and he doesn't change. He remains the same. So whatever he did, he's still able to do today. And so that tension bothered me. In a good way, it caused me to become unsatisfied with what I was seeing and doing. And here's the thing, I had to look at myself. I was the pastor. And I love your pastor's heart. We pray together every Tuesday. And uh, I'm honored to be here to encourage this church and these things because I know your pastor's heart. Well, I, I came to a place in my own heart where I was desperate for the Lord. And my cry, and this now is my life verse, which is Habakkuk 3, verse 2. I'm not preaching that. But Habakkuk 3, verse 2 says, O Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. But in our day, in our time, make yourself known. And that's my prayer. In wrath, remember mercy, that before we see the return of Jesus that you and I would be part of the greatest revival that we've ever seen. And Canada is ripe for a move of God. I'm 47 years old. I've never seen Canada in the state that it's in. I'm old enough to to remember growing up in public school where we, we stood for the anthem and we recited the Lord's Prayer. Anyone else remember that? It seems like, like ancient history, but that's where we came from. And it's not about Christian socialism. I'm not talking about that. But there was a respect 
for the things of God, even if a person wasn't religious. There was a healthy honor and respect. And our country does not have that anymore. It's it's a mess, plurally, and and, and our social fabric has fallen apart. I've never seen things so desperate. Economically, it's a mess. We are ripe for a move of God where people come back and return to the Lord and say, help us. (laughs) And the good news is still the good news, that Jesus is able to help. The Bible says in John 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his motive, is to wipe you out. But Jesus said, I have come that you would have life and life more abundant. So wherever you are today, and this is just a preamble before the message, everywhere that my wife and I go now, we find hunger. And we find people that have come to the church Desperate for God, and, and I see there's a lot of diversity in the crowd, and um, you know everywhere we've gone now, we find that, and I've, always, and I've met refugees in almost every service in the last six to seven months. So now I find myself asking people, where are you from? Because I'm always being hit by refugees that are coming to the church, even if they don't know Jesus, because they're looking for something. And we have such an opportunity today for the refugee, for the poor, the blind, for the rich, everybody, that people are desperate today like never before. And even if things are great in their life, they still need a savior. And we have that hope within us. Are you glad you came to church today? Amen. Okay. I'm getting off track here. The evangelist in me is coming out. I have to, I have to temper it. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew 22. This is our main text. And the title of the message today is Desire for God. This is what the Lord put on my heart for you after talking to your pastor and uh, just saying, how can I come? What can I do? And I prayed about this, and this is what I sensed to share with you. Matthew 22. And the context here is that Jesus is being um, questioned by the religious I don't know if you've ever found this, but anytime there's a move of God, there's a religious spirit, whatever you want to call it, that tries to kill it. And the Bible describes what true religion is, but man's religion always wants to kill the move of the spirit. It always wants to choke it out. And here we see Jesus, the Son of God, ministering. People are getting healed. People are getting uh, filled, you know, and, and, they're, and they're being delivered. Great things are happening, and yet the religious don't like it. He, he's disrupting things. Could we use a little more disruption from the work of the Spirit in our lives? I know I could. And so that's what we see here. And they're asking him all of these questions, and, uh, and we pick it up here in verse uh, 36, when the religious are asking him questions about the greatest commandment. Verse 36 is, teacher, what, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all 
the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Father, I pray today for eyes to see. I pray for ears to hear. And I pray for a heart to receive that which your word wants to speak to us today. Lord, I get out of the way that you would lead the way, Holy Spirit. Speak through me. And I pray that something would be triggered today, deposited, sown into the hearts and lives of hungry hearts. And stir us up, Lord, way beyond emotion, stir us up in the spirit that we would be those that have a passion and a desire for more of you. We pray this today in Jesus' name and let the church say, amen. I find it interesting the question that was asked by these religious folk. It's the same question in Luke chapter 10 that a lawyer asked of Jesus. Now, if there's any lawyers here, God bless you, we need you, we appreciate you, but lawyers kind of get a bad you know, reputation sometimes. And this lawyer came up to Jesus and asked the same question, uh, Master, what must I do? What's required of me to be saved? That's really what they're asking here. What's, what do I have to do? What does God expect of me? I find that an interesting question. It reminds me when I was a pastor, and I was a youth pastor, and you'd be teaching the youth about purity and about modesty and about holiness and things like that. And, and sure enough, a, a dating couple would ask, Pastor, how far is too far? You know, they want to know, what can we get away with? Where's the line that we have to follow, right? It's that kind of thinking. It's that kind of approach to serving the Lord, and it's completely off base. That's religious thinking. Religious thinking is, okay, what's required of me? I don't want to go to hell. What do I have to do? Okay, I have to come on Sunday. Sure, I'll do that. Okay, I have to give 10%. Okay, I'll do that. I have to serve. Okay, Lord, I'll even do that. I have to give to missions. I have to, and it's this, I have to, I have to, I have to mentality. And if we're not careful, that begins to creep into our hearts, and we lose the plot of what God actually wants for you and for me. God does not want a bunch of religious robots or religious people that come and on cue, stand up, sit down, do our thing and go home. He wants a living, vibrant relationship with you that's full of passion and zeal. That's the way that the Christian life is meant to be lived. And one of the reasons why our world does not want this, does not want the church, is because they don't see that enough. When you see people that are passionate about things, I meet, I meet people everywhere that we go and, and, I, you know, and, and sometimes we go out for lunch with the pastor or we do this and that. And so I'm often around children and uh, I'll, you, know, you speak to kids and some kids, you know, they don't even look at you. They just kind of, you know, and, and I'm always trying to, you know, to have a, have a moment with them. And this one little boy, I remember him, he was like, Fort Knox, like I could not break through. <laughs> I tried everything. Hey, what grade are you in? Seven. Or no, I think he was younger than that. Uh, four. Uh, how old are you? you know, eight or whatever. What do you like to do? And he, he, just all one word answers. I thought, oh, how do I break through? 
This is a few years ago, and I said, do you play Minecraft? He looked up as if to say, you know what Minecraft is? And I said, yeah, you know, my sons used to do that, and, and uh, I just wondered if you played Minecraft. Oh, yeah, I play Minecraft. And for the next 20 minutes in that restaurant, it was like I pulled a ripcord, and it was just, oh, no, 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 you can do this and that. And I'm, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. And it just went off. What happened? I found what he's passionate about. And even though I don't, I don't care about Minecraft, I kind of got interested after talking to this kid, right? Because he's passionate. That's the way that the Christian life is meant to be lived. It's meant not just for passion's sake, but we would have a vibrant relationship with Almighty God. That's what God wants. And so that's why when they said, what's the most important commandment? Notice the words of Jesus. He says, you must. Not, well, I hope you get around to it. Or try. He says, you must love the Lord your God. That's where it starts. Because if you're going to obey the commandments, Jesus said, those who love me will obey my commandments. And so it comes from love. I could have a whole list of things that my wife and I, and we used to do this with premarital counseling, and it usually was the husbands, but not always. You know, you would have the expectations talk. Okay, in your family, who did the dishes? In your family, who took out the garbage? Because we're trying to establish expectations. And you would sometimes find a husband or a wife-to-be that, that viewed marriage like a contract, some of you may be here like this today, and please don't elbow your spouse if it's you. At least not here. You can do it later. Not here. But they would, you know, say, well, I do this, and you do that. You know, I, I work hard, and so, you know, I, I go golf every weekend because I work hard. I deserve that. And then you do this. And they would have this kind of a mentality. And I'm thinking, oh, boy. It's not about the golf or it's not about the shopping or it's not about whatever, but if you come to your relationship with that kind of a mentality, it's not gonna work because relationships are designed to be loving and caring and that's how God created us to be with him. He created us to have a desire for him and here's, here's the part that concerns me as I travel around. I see, I don't know what to, what to call it other than indifference. I see a religious indifference to the presence of God, to the spirit of God, and a lack of desire to see God move. It's like we're content to have less. And to me, that's indifference. And it's exactly what Jesus predicted um, Listen to some of these scriptures, and we don't have, I didn't give them to the guys at the back, forgive me. There's a couple here that the Bible warns about in the last days. In 2 Thessalonians 2, it says there will be a great falling away. Think about that. It's talking about the church. 
It's talking about those who know God, that in the last days there will be a great falling away, a lack of fervor, a lack of affection for the Lord. Matthew 24, Jesus says, Many will fall away and betray one another because lawlessness will be increased and the love of many will grow cold. Anyone else seeing evidence of that? <laughs> when you go to the grocery store, <laughs> when you go to school, when you, <laughs> man, like there is such a lack of tolerance for anything. The love of many. People don't take care of their parents the way they used to. It's selfish culture. Luke 21 says, watch yourselves, listen to this, watch yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. What does that mean? It means if you're not careful, you will take your eyes off of the Lord and off of his kingdom and you'll get weighed down with the cares of this world and your heart for God will grow cold. That's a real thing that the Bible warns us about because we live in this world, but we're not of it. But if we're not careful, we get drawn in to this world. And that's why Jesus shared the story in Matthew 25 about the bridesmaids. There were 10 bridesmaids, he said. And five of them, they brought enough uh, oil for their lamps so that when the groom came in the middle of the night or if he came late, they would be ready for him. Then there were five others that did not bring enough oil so that when it was time for his return, they missed it. And the point that Jesus is making is our lamps need to be full. We need to have enough oil. We need to make sure that the fire of God is lit on the inside of us. So I'm, I'm, I'm painting a picture here today of what God wants for you, where many people are, but I'm also going to give you good news. Anyone want some good news? Now, I'm district superintendent, so I'll do it this way. Can I have a motion, please? Anyone want good news? Moved and seconded. All in favor of good news? It is carried. All right. I'm not going to leave you with bad news because that's not the gospel. The gospel is called good news. And here's the good news, friends. You can change your apathy today. You can change if you're in a place of spiritual dryness or spiritual malaise, or you're cold in your spirit, you can change it today before you go home. It takes a decision, and it takes a response. And I'm here to tell you that God will meet you right here in this place, right where you're at. All we have to do is humble ourselves. And one of the things I've found is that it begins by just being honest with the Lord and recognizing that I, I, I'm not where I need to be. That's where it starts. The second thing that happens is we value the things of God. We begin to say, Lord, all of this other stuff, it's okay, but it doesn't match my worth and my value for you. You have to value this. And Jesus told the story of a man, right? He, he was walking along, and uh, he came upon a hidden treasure. Maybe you've seen those people on the beach with the... Uh, what do you call those things? You know, the metal detectors? If you have one, God bless you. I always kind of laugh at those people inside. Like, really, like, what are you expecting to find, right? Uh, 
you know, they're on Coburg Beach or Wasaga Beach, like probably everything that is going to be found, maybe. But anyway, this guy, he, he found this treasure, and he valued it because he knew it was worth more than everything he had. So Jesus said, what did he do? He went and he sold every possession. He sold everything that he could in order to buy that field so that he could have the treasure in it. And Jesus says, that's how it is for the kingdom. When you realize, when you see the value of what's being offered to you, not just heaven, not just eternal life, but a connection with almighty God, that you can have life now in this place, in spite of what's going on, what's offered to you is real peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And that's why with all this COVID stuff, and I'm sorry for even saying that word, I know we're still numb from it, but with all that other junk and all the stuff that we've just come through the last number of years, you know what happened? I walked through those three years with the peace of Jesus. It's real, friends. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be all these things. Jesus came to care for us. He came to care for us in every way. He came to heal the sick. He came to break off the chain of bondage, the broken. He came to help the poor. It's good news. And he's entrusted that good news to us. And if there's anyone here today and you need an absolute miracle, my wife are starting to see them and we pray for people intentionally at the end of the service. And if you've come here today and you need God, you need him to show up, we'll pray with you, believe with you that the God of the Bible is still the God of today, that he'll do something. But you gotta value him. You've gotta invite him in. Treasure. You know, there's a man named William Seymour, and he's kind of like the founder, the father of the modern Pentecostal movement. And he was a black man in Los Angeles at the turn of the century, of the 1900s. And he, um, he was a preacher, but that was a time of, of, of an uh, awful segregation. But he wanted the spirit and catch this, he got a revelation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he hadn't even experienced it for himself. But he saw it in Scripture. And that made him want it. That made him want to have an encounter with the Lord. And you know what that man did? He was so hungry for it, he went to a Bible college professor and said, teach me about the baptism. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the teacher said, I'm so sorry, but we can't let you in because of your color. You know what that man did? He stormed off and he cursed. He didn't do that. He humbled himself and he said, you do whatever you gotta do. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when the classroom was on, he wasn't permitted inside the classroom with the white students, so he sat outside the classroom by the window so that he could learn and that he can receive. That is hunger. That is thirst. And that's the kind of stuff it takes when it's like, get out of my way. It's the woman who said, get, I, I just got to touch his garment that I'd be healed. 
It's that kind of pursuit, that kind of faith, that kind of desire. And if you just kind of shake everything off and say, Lord, I want you, he comes. He stops. He stays. He touches. He moves. The Father is not some drive through restaurant. He wants us to come and sit with him, abide with him, be in relationship with him. And if you want to encounter that for yourself, it's available, but you need to value the work of God in your life. Let me give you one more, and then we're going to pray. The other thing that you can do, and if this hasn't happened to you yet, I encourage you, is you can ask for the Holy Spirit. Now, when you become a Christian, you have the Spirit. Yes, you do. The Spirit of God comes and lives in you. But there's something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned it earlier. What's the difference? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when God comes and he, he immerses you. Just like water when we're baptized in water. He, he fills you with his Spirit, with his presence, with his self. He gives us power to witness, and he changes us. And the great thing is he changes us from the inside out. It's awesome. Some of you are here today and you're saying, you know what, I tried to live for God. I tried to clean myself up. I just can't. So I, I just kind of keep my walk with God like this. Friends, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes in you, you will never be the same. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is what God said in the Old Testament. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new what? A new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, I'm gonna take that coldness out and I'm gonna give you something soft and pliable and alive, right? He promised that. And that's what happens when you receive the Holy Spirit. I remember as a teenager, I grew up in church and I was kind of nominal and went to church and even went on missions trips and I was doing stuff. But there came a point where I recognized that I needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that it was available to me and I valued that and I wanted it and I was saying, Lord, do it. And there were a couple times I went up for prayer and, and I just kept going. I just kept going saying, Lord, your word says, I want more of you. And then there came a night when I was at church and they prayed for me and they laid hands on me and I, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, I, and that week I went home and I used to, had a, had a routine with my mom. She was a single mom, my dad passed away and so we'd come home, she would start dinner, I'd put the dishes away from the dishwasher and then we'd sit down and we'd watch a program together on TV or something like that. And the moment I got filled with the Holy Spirit, after we'd have supper, I would just kind of go into my room and start reading the Bible. And my mom said, where are you going? I, I'm just going to my room. And I just started reading the Bible. After the third or fourth day of this, my mom knocks on the door. She's like, son, um, are we okay? Like, are we having a fight here? Like, did I do something? I'm not, I don't know what I did here. And she just thought that I was avoiding her. And, and, and then all of a sudden I realized, oh, like what am I doing? I never had a desire to read the Bible before. I read the Bible because I was told I should. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll, right? 
I grew up in Sunday school. That's what you do. So I read it because I knew I should, not because I wanted to. And the moment I was filled with the Holy Spirit, God gave me a desire for his word, a desire for his presence. You know, there's people right now on their way to a football stadium to watch an NFL game. Some of you might be going, "Uh, Pastor, can you wrap this up? It's playoff day. Let's go, right? Why is that? Because they desire to go watch that. And some people will go and spend $300 a ticket. They will walk in the cold, like minus 20 degree weather, to sit outside, to pay $30 for a hot dog, to pay 50 bucks for parking. Why? Because they desire this. When you have a desire for God on the inside of you, and thank God for the worship team that you have, but we travel around and sometimes we go to places and the worship team is not what you have. We have to make a decision. Are we here because of the quality of the music or are we here because we want to encounter the living God? There's a desire. And so if you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, Galatians 5.22, I think we have that scripture for you as well. It, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So when the Spirit of God touches you, and when you have an encounter with Holy Spirit, he changes you from the inside out, exactly what Ezekiel prophesied. And he lists these fruits, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23. It goes on, but you get the point. There's more to it where he changes us, our characteristics. Husbands, wives, let me give you some hope today. I am not the same husband I used to be 20 years ago. My wife is not the same wife she was 20 years ago. Not just our hairstyles, but who we are because Holy Spirit has changed us. He can change you to make you more like himself. The fruit of the Spirit. Friend, I'm going to end there. I'm going to ask you this question before we come to a place of prayer. Are you the type of Christian that's keeping score with God? Well, Lord, I've gone to church now five weeks in a row, and I guess that means I get one off, right? And, uh, and Lord, I've given this and I've bought five Jamaican patties. And uh, <laughs> like, are, are you the type of, like, are you keeping score with the Lord? Or are you the type of believer that has a desire to know him, to be with him? And we're singing the song, said, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see I will exalt you. You're my treasure, Lord. My treasure you are. Are you like that? Or are you in need of the Holy Spirit's touch? I'll give you one last scripture, guys. If you can bring it up, Romans 12 and 11. And with this, I I close. Romans 12 and 11 is how the Christian life is meant to be lived. 
Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And that's what I've come here today to minister to you, that God's hand would be richly upon your life. And if you're in need of a touch today from him, can I ask you to do two things? To acknowledge that here before God, humble yourself and say, God, I'm in need of what that loud guy is saying today. And then secondly, would you let us just pray for you and believe with you and ask for a Holy Spirit to touch your life in a fresh way. If you're willing to do that, as the worship team comes back, and guys, just begin to minister lightly so that we can have some moments to pray for a bit. If you're like that and you would say, you know what, I, I really would value that kind of prayer over my life today. I, I need that. I want you to come. And I would ask you to kind of come over, you know, from the middle to this area over here so we know how to pray for you. And if there's other people here and you would say, I'm the one that you asked for earlier that needs a miracle. I need God to touch me. I need God to move in my life. If that's you, but you're like, I'm good. Things are with God with good, but I, I just, I need a touch. Like, I need a miracle today. I want you to come and stand over here so that we know how to pray for you, okay? So that's what we're gonna do. And uh, just before I, we transition into this response time, I just feel a prompting to ask. Is there anyone here today, and you would acknowledge, you've come in here today, but you know that you are not right with God. Meaning that there is a separation that if you were to die or if something were to happen, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Friend, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is coming back. He's coming soon, and the time is winding down. Everything that the Bible said would happen is happening, and that's not to make you afraid, but it is to help you realize that you can have eternity with God or eternity without him. And today is the day of salvation. And if you're here today and you need to make that decision for yourself, it's so simple. You just acknowledge saying, Pastor, pray for me. Remember me in your prayer and help me begin to follow the Lord like you. And if you would do that today and just say, I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of God to forgive my sin and to make me right with him. I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up. But you do need to acknowledge this before God and one another saying, that's me. I need this. Is there anyone like that? I don't know you, so I want to give you the opportunity, and I felt the prompting here today. Don't be shy and don't be embarrassed. This is why this church exists, to share that message with those who need to hear it. So if you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. Pray for me, please. Just raise a hand, and I'll pray for you. God bless you, sweetheart. Is there anyone else? God bless you, sir. Amen. God bless you, ma'am. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. God bless you, sir. Those that raise a hand, I just want you to pray with me from your heart. Lord Jesus. I ask that you would come into my life. Lord, I acknowledge that I need you. 
and I thank you that you've come to save me today. Help me to live for you. I want you in my life. So Lord, help me to put you first. And now wash me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.